In this episode of Podcast Discussions, we move on to Module 4, Chapter 12 of Monopoly Planner called ClickFunnels and Fishing Your Pond. Here we discuss the separation of the activity and your content platform from how to go out searching for your tribe, how to place yourself in front of them at the right time with the right information, and also be found at the simple SEO search. We also cover a bit of chapter 13 of the Monopoly Planner as we discuss WordPress and how to best use it when creating your own content platform. This is Digital Bacon FM. The one. The only. Stephen Barnes. Good morning, sir. Well, hello there. <laughs> that was pretty That's, good. Uh, not bad, not bad, yeah, yeah. Not bad yeah, for a chef on a radio station. That's for a count. Uh, <laughs> when you put it that way, sir, that's uh, a major result. How are you doing? I'm okay, I'm okay. Um, we're going to talk about Monopoly again, I understand. Yes, and thank you for your slide. Click funnels and fishing your pond. Well, yeah, so uh, as always, just a quick sort of you know, recap about the big picture that um, there's a, a movie called Monopoly, how to build one from nothing with no money invested that uh, uh, drives to the heart of the modern business model uh, suitable for the connection economy. And over the last few weeks, we've been going through a set of material um, that drills down on all the ideas embodied in this notion of building a monopoly from nothing with no money invested, mm. uh, reflected in a, uh, a presentation called Monopoly Planner, or rather a series of um, talks embodied in a, in, in a, in a concept called the Planner. Mm. Uh, and uh, last week, uh, we were at uh, Chapter 10. And uh, talking, excuse me, chapter 11, talking about the significance of um, having the best possible quality content uh, in your niche. Uh, but most importantly of all, ultimately being the last word content in your niche. That is, you know, uh, no higher authority uh, than, uh, than that which you've got on your website. So, uh, so that all ultimately culminates in this idea that when you're monopoly building, you'll have a... Um, a platform of content and that platform of content will go on to uh, dominate google uh, and search over time and will uh, serve as a, an ongoing means for you just to develop a tribe and have um, a constant source of new business coming your way as people find themselves find themselves on your website getting the answers to the yeah, questions that they've got and uh, uh, options for solutions to uh, to those problems so while you're doing all of that um, you've got to anticipate that, you know, that does take time. And uh, as you want to sort of um, dominate the search arena through the quality of your platform content, you also want to be able to go out and, uh, and find your tribe where they are. Uh, and you need a technology to be able to do that, knowing that you've built your uh, content platform on WordPress uh, and the technology that you use to take your material directly into your tribe when you go fishing your pond mm. uh, is called click funnels um, so uh, today we're going to have a conversation about uh, the separation of uh, the sort of activity that happens on your uh, content platform that allows the organic creation of relationships 
uh, versus you know when you uh, go out uh, searching for people who you know they'll be interested in what you've got to offer uh, and trying to put yourself in front of them at the right time with the right kind of information that will get them to uh, uh, click on the link and come back to your site and then ultimately forge the, the genesis of a relationship. And that, uh, that second part is called uh, direct response marketing. So mm-hmm. direct response marketing on the one hand, and then you've got your platform content, which is where you go on to dominate search on the other. Mm. Now, do, do you find a, a kill rate on uh, people who unsubscribe if they feel that they're getting spammed or pinged too many times? And what, what is an acceptable drop-off rate for that? Well, um, Okay, ultimately it depends what your objectives are behind the communications as to what you deem to be an acceptable drop-off rate. Mm. Uh, From our perspective, what we do is we treat uh, all of our um, email subscribers uh, as though they are actually, you know, valued paying customers. Um, And we only ever communicate with them if we have something that is of real and meaningful value to them that costs them nothing. So um, we, uh, as I said, truly value, you know, those email relationships that we've got. So very rarely, in fact, hardly ever do we uh, do we send anything that, uh, you know, would ultimately cause them to, uh, to unsubscribe because uh, we wouldn't be uh, pissing them off, so to speak. Mm. Yep. Okay. I, I know, yeah. I know so, you and I know mm-hmm. very well getting... 20 emails from one restaurant group advertising all of their different brands all of the time just gets too much. Well, yeah, it's the, it's the, you remember in the connection economy, the only thing that's got any real value is uh, people's attention. Mm. Um, and so, you know, when you go after someone's attention, you've really got to earn that attention. And sure. so uh, if you're just going to be putting stuff in front of their eyeballs, expecting it to stick, you know, it's just that, a, so I think it's a practically a waste of time in terms of the return on the investment. And B, all that you're doing is you're pissing off your potential customers because they know ultimately that you're spamming them, you know. So sure. it just devalues your brand. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the importance of having a direct response marketing strategy is because it takes some time for your content, your platform content to get indexed by Google and, again, you know, gain the requisite chops to begin to appear on the first page and and then deliver organic traffic into your website as they go searching for the material that you the kind of material you've got on your website so because uh, that's going to take two or three years before it really gets esconced and starts sort of delivering significant um, returns to you uh, you can anticipate that you can take that high quality content that you've got in your content platform you know off, off to the people who you know are going to be looking for it so in that regard, what you can do is um, utilize a piece of technology called ClickFunnels. And ClickFunnels is a relatively cheap subscription sort of uh, technology, platform technology that allows you to develop in a very, um, in a very cohesive and simple, direct way uh, a series of kind of w- w- web pages, one after the other, that take you down a value funnel. Uh, leading to ultimately the opportunity to have a question answered or a problem solved that would you know do, mean would represent meaningful value to them. Mm. Um, and at the end at the end of that uh, at the end of that exercise, you end up with a relationship. And so you're you're able to use ClickFunnels to sort of go out 
um, and uh, and then pop uh, a sort of a, a, the start of the funnel into Facebook uh, or into LinkedIn, for example, or onto Twitter. Um, and uh, knowing that these people, the people that you're looking to have relationships will be hanging out, you know, against certain sort of profiles in certain places, you can target those profiles in those places and uh, and get get in front of them. Mm. Uh, and it's a very um, it, it's a very fast and cost effective way ultimately to uh, begin to uh, increase the size of your tribe through your uh, basically fishing your pond activities because you might end up with an average cost uh, per customer acquisition of say uh, say five uh, US dollars in, in in terms of you know the advertising cost to, to attract that customer, mm. but if you sell that customer you know seven hundred US dollar service on the back of that, then clearly got a very low cost of acquisition. So cool. it's a kind of an arbitrage play. But it requires it requires some investment in the hope that they are going to go through to the pay. Well, indeed. But you can almost certainly guarantee that you will get a return on your investment if you've got the right kind of uh, funnel set up where you just give them more value and give them uh, a reason to carry on clicking in and then ultimately getting what they what they bargained for when they uh, when they shoot their attention on you. And that is actually what it was that they needed to get solved, the problem that was standing in their way hmm. um, or the answer to the question that they were looking for. Okay. So, uh, so over time, over time, you know, those people, a percentage of those people who just just merely visit and have their problem solved, will ultimately go on to turn into paying customers, and uh, over time, you'll be able to calculate what your total cost per customer acquisition has been. Um, but anyway, the the major point behind all of this is it means that you've got you know two ways to be um, uh, leveraging your platform, excuse me, your content uh, to, to generate revenue into the business without you needing to, you know, wait the three years or so that you'd expect it to take for, you know, Google to start really performing well for you. Mm. Um, so with ClickFunnels, you can go out and find your customers, uh, bring, bringing them back to your core content and with the core content itself, you know that Google will be uh, giving you uh, credit for it in due course, and uh, that'll form, uh, you know, the, the foundation basically of all the future revenues that will come in as uh, uh, as your content platform begins to serve as a magnet for all the people that have got an interest in the niche that you've gone on to, uh, in a sense, dominate. Now, with yours being a, a typical service uh, style of business, and obviously at the top of its of its game being legal legal work. Are there some platforms which are better suited to you than others? And, and I ask that because Instagram is really suited towards the F&B industry because it's a visual platform and you see food and you respond to it or you see restaurants, you see people that are having fun. So um, is there something that you would say is directly um, better for the service type industry? Well, actually, it just depends where you, you know you feel your customers are hanging out. I mean, we, for example, we don't have any any Instagram presence to call our own uh, as a professional services business. Mm. Um, but that's not to say that you know we couldn't develop a presence on that platform because we just convert what we do and our knowledge and know-how into some sort of visual format uh, and uh, and gain people's attention that way. So we could 
certainly um, uh, you know adopt that platform. But what I've come to understand is that that platform is is, is really best used for those that are in the visual sort of uh, whatever it is that they're in. Uh, vi- the visuals are an in- incredibly important part of it. Mm. Whereas for us, the visuals wouldn't be visuals that's important. It's be, it'd be the messaging platform, sure. you know, it'd be the ability just to, you know, message that way. So I uh, never tried it, but uh, really sort of haven't uh, haven't had any, any any really sort of need to do so. Mm. Um, but, but I think certainly in uh, any kind of business where you have knowledge and know-how and expertise, uh, whatever it is that uh, people ultimately will want to uh, pay to have access to, um, then uh, building your own content platform in the way that we do uh, so that you dominate search organically um, and then just populate uh, each of the social media presences that you've set up for your company with a copy of the content that gets posted in your main uh, platform uh, daily or however often frequently it is anyway, uh, so that you you actually get the reach out into social media, uh, organic social media at least, uh, through uh, posting it on your copies of your main content on your uh, on your social media sites. Mm. Uh, and then that uh, that gives you a social media presence, sort of that's that's quite low in reach because they they don't give you a lot of natural reach, organic reach, I should say. So uh, any particular content over and above that that you want to uh, have seen more widely throughout social media, you have to pay to play. But that's fine because you wouldn't want to have all you wouldn't want to pay to have your content all your content seen on social media because that could get expensive over time. Mm. What it does mean is that when you come up with a real pearl of a piece of content that uh, is you know is going to be really popular then you can um, uh, stick that into uh, into social media on a pay-to-play basis and uh, know that you'll get pretty good return on it and you'll get quite quite a, a decent bit of sharing too so you get some some growth that way so so people who still use facebook and and platforms like that to get most of the news and most of the information you just put tidbits out there still with the desire to drive them to your content platform well, yeah, yeah, less less so tidbits, but you know, more a, a beta piece of content that mm. you know you know is going to attract uh, a lot of pe- people's attention because it's, it's it, it, you know it's universally interesting or it's going to be curious to them, and you do that through um, uh, you know through 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 the title of the piece uh, that you've posted, uh, and uh, uh, yeah, uh, so like uh, at the time that um, the same sex partner change changes in the law where um we're sort of we're a foot in hong kong i uh, i did a piece of content that uh, sort of offered commentary on all of that that uh, would be i think i wish i thought would be interesting so to, to to its potential audience so um uh after i wrote it i then published it uh, uh on facebook and uh then we did a pay to play uh piece with that uh, with that particular article uh, and it was wildly popular i think we got about 18,000 views or something on the wow. one piece of content which for for a very small niche like ours in hong kong was you know a major outcome so mm. so yeah yeah that worked well for us good so so that so that's how that goes really um, so i've talked at length about the uh, click funnels software and the direct response marketing sort of capabilities that it, that enables um, haven't really talked too much so far about uh, the platform 
for the platform content, which is WordPress. Mm. So um, as we uh, carry on working our way through this Monopoly Planner material, we start find ourselves uh, at uh, chapter 13. So WordPress. Now, uh, before I launch into what I know about this, why don't you share with your listeners what your experience with WordPress has been thus far and describe actually what you understand WordPress to be? Well, mine, mine's a very simple application. I, I've got two, two WordPress sites. One is the radio station itself, which has um, content relating to the guests, the show schedules. And then uh, because they changed the um, – it, it, when, I, when I had it originally, it was a WordPress uh, site uh, that I bought uh, that was specifically for music, uh, either as playing albums or live broadcasting. Uh, and it, the the attraction of it was that it was a one. You go to one URL, you can listen to the radio station right there and then. It also had a plugin for video, so I could live stream video at the same time. Unfortunately, uh, my upload speed wasn't good enough at the time to be able to do video and radio, so we just stuck with the radio side. Um, then they changed the broadcasting rules in Canada, so I had to have a separate WordPress site linked to the first WordPress site so that when you click to play, it actually opens up a WordPress site that's hosted on the Canadian server. Uh, this was just a legal uh, loophole for them to say that your station is actually broadcasting from Canada. So it was more of a protection on their side. So my use of WordPress is just the back end to change content. And the front end is what people see. And uh, they only engage with it really to uh, get onto the station and listen that's it great stuff so um what is your experience with uh using wordpress as a technology um in terms of when you uh were first exposed to it what was your sense about it and then your ability it's, to learn how to use it and, it's and very, manipulate it hereafter very user-friendly i did uh the icons on wordpress i loaded all of the content onto that it was very, very easy to use. It's, it's really well designed. Um, and I think there's a whole lot of different, I know there's thousands upon thousands of pages um, that have different <coughs> looks. So I used WordPress for uh, Empire. I used it for Icons. Pretty much actually every website I've done has been a WordPress one because it gives me the control of the backend without relying on an IT person. Yeah. Yeah. So let's sort of then talk about what actually WordPress is, sort of at the uh, granular level of technological detail. So, you know, WordPress is a, a free of charge publishing platform for those of you listeners who um, you know, haven't really come across it thus far. Um, it's a, a basically a collection of website code that uh, you get it's free. Uh, and it uh, it loads onto whatever server you have, uh, your hosting site. Um, just loads onto there, uh, and it's uh, basically ready to ready to go. Um, it's a it's got a core engine, a core publishing engine, uh, and uh, it's got a a modular interface that allows for the overlay of particular designs and themes and templates uh, directly on top of uh, the core engine. Mm. Um, it's, um, it's got an ecosystem of themes 
as I say, so that you can have a theme for any kind of business, whether you're in um, uh, online sales, mm. whether you're in uh, uh, selling shoes, whether you've got an online florist, uh, almost any kind of commercial activity uh, that has got a business model typically organized around the industrial economy, needless to say, but but in terms of being able to convert uh, or providing an online capability for any business in a particular industrial economy type business theme, you can actually acquire a theme for that. So it's mm. plug and play. And I think you, you, you would have experienced that uh, yourself, correct? Yep. Especially, I like yeah. I like the magazine layout style, especially for the businesses that I had before, because it made sense in terms of how people interacted with what we were doing. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so this uh, publishing platform, WordPress, comes also with an ecosystem of different plugins. So, if you want to make, for example, um, your website work with PayPal. Uh, get a plugin for it to work with PayPal if you want uh, your website to launch some kind of uh, uh, automatic, um, uh, let's say, uh, fulfillment process to deliver some goods. Uh, you can have a plugin that will uh, will drive all the uh, all, all the actions technologically uh, for that. So, it's essentially, any kind of additional functionality that you might need uh, to achieve a particular sort of objective with your WordPress website, you, undoubtedly you'll find a separately developed plugin that will allow you uh, to be able to achieve that. Mm. Um, WordPress also has uh, a, a, an SEO-ready uh, architecture. Uh, it means that uh, it's um, it's basically set out in such a way that uh, when you uh, complete each page and the information on each page uh, according to a specific taxonomy, um, then you'll uh, the architecture of WordPress allows that uh, manifested ta taxonomy uh, to be open and easily available for uh, appreciation by Google and other search engines as to you know what material is actually contained on that uh, on, on, on those web pages. So um, it's it's SEO already architecture. Architecture is mirrored by um, the uh, classification capability. Uh, of your taxonomy that you'd want to build uh, when you define your content and, and put your platform down. So WordPress just has all of that built in and it's just plug and play ready to go. So uh, uh, no one should ever uh, build a website from scratch uh, these days, particularly with, with WordPress. You've got all of this capability that's already pre, been pre-developed and for the large part it's either cost you nothing or a few tens of US of dollars, not much money at all, all things considered. Mm. Yep. Um, the other good thing about um, WordPress is that uh, it's, it's actually written on a, a code called PHP. Um, uh, and PHP is a scripting language for sort of, you know, uh, websites, web, web development, web application development. Um, PHP uh, is beyond the average amateur. It's beyond me, for example. Um, uh, so a modicum of tech savvy needed. But the good thing about PHP is that, you know, those skills, even though you might not have them, are ubiquitous and cheap. You can find them on Fiverr or um or, or what I forget what, what it's called now. It used to be called Elance, um, but it's a, a, a contract or finding service. Um, and uh, there are 
plenty of engineers all around the world that have got PHP skills and, uh, you know, they'll be more than happy to uh, assist you with any particular technical challenges mm. that you might find with your WordPress platform if it's a little bit beyond your skill set. Well, you, you introduced um, me to Fiverr, which I found fantastic. I've used it for a variety of things, including jingles, uh, moving uh, videos, those chalkboard videos, and also setting up the WordPress, the front end of it, the first time, and then actually putting it onto my uh, platform or the hosting site. So those things are, are beyond me technically. Um, so Fiverr for less than five bucks got that all done. So that was really interesting and good to do. Well, yeah. And uh, isn't it interesting how Fiverr and the options that are available to you uh, give you the catalyst of, you know, ideas as to producing something a bit remarkable on your sure. website? You know, that's where our puppet character came directly from from Fiverr. As soon as I saw that character, I thought, well, as soon as I saw that puppet, I thought, yeah, I could I could mold that into a character. So, mm. um yeah, so uh, you know, five a great place to go and create uh, or find those skill sets. And uh, the the only the only problem with WordPress is that the main challenge is is the quality of the support. Um, but if you can find the quite the right quality of support and get a rapport going with that person, and that mm -hmm. person is responsible, and if they've got a bit of design savvy in them, and if they can, you know, seek to try to understand what you're trying to achieve with the website and have a meeting of the mind such that you know perhaps they can read your mind mm. um that's the kind of like the major challenge associated with wordpress if you're a, a non-expert in this stuff and well, it's completely within your reach well what i what i did was i i bought my themes from a a, a place called theme forest and you get Indeed. to look through tens of thousands of themes um but the important part of of that process for me was reading the comments and as you said, social proof is a very, very important part of making a decision about who you're going to give your business to. And when you read the reviews of these things, generally people talk about the service and how the platform responded in making sure that the theme worked perfectly. So I looked at the number of purchases um, of a particular theme, as well as how they handled any of the glitches. And that drove my my decision to choose the themes that I did. Of course, I also wanted a theme that looked good. Um, but most importantly, was one that was functional. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've um, we've acquired all the time all the skills that we need to handle all our websites internally, mm. um, and uh, you know we've got the resources on on the team uh, to manage that function complete. Mm. But um, uh, get yourself a uh, a good a good relationship uh, who uh, has. As I say, the skills that's trying to understand, you know, wants to wants to uh, wants you to be successful and uh, aligns, you know, their service ethos to your success, mm. uh, and then seeking to seeking to sort of fathom what you're ultimately trying to achieve, and then and then go on to you know take ownership of uh, any problems or challenges that arise associated with your website for you know a, a very cost effective uh, price. Mm. Get those relationships in place, and then you know your entire technology challenge with WordPress is is, is addressed. Sure. And uh, and in in in, t in time, what will happen is that you'll acquire other relationships, and uh, you might, for example, find someone to help you with click funnels and just get started with click funnels. Mm. Find them on Fiverr, 
uh, and uh, uh, together working the uh, the two technologies, a little bit of uh, external support uh, really should should not inhibit you in any way, shape, or form from um, having a sophisticated um, platform and uh, fishing your pond uh, capability available to you through those two technologies. Mm. It's uh, so they're, they're they're up for grabs. And that's what's important about intelligent content marketing, because I keep saying, you know, if I can do it, anybody can. Sure. Now, one one might say that, well, Martin, my business partner, has got technical skills and he could handle all of that. Well, well, that's true. But, you know, Martin didn't have any didn't have any skills in content creation and neither did I. So for our ability to create content has been driven by our ability to find people like on Fiverr, you know, sure. uh, and, uh, and sort of kick on from there. So an intelligent content marketing strategy based on publishing is, uh, is entirely within reach. Now, these, these are both, you know, Fiverr and WordPress itself are very disruptive um, businesses in that in the old days, we used to rely on some computer expert to build us a website which would cost a bloody fortune. And then we would have to find a graphic designer. And when you look at platforms like Fiverr, it opens up your choice to the entire world. And Fiverr, for example, run that business very, very well. And they, their providers are required to perform within the set number, within a set time at a set price. Uh, and it's very regulated, but it seems to be regulated to the point that it delivers the best customer experience for the purchaser, not the seller. Um, exactly which which really is good exactly so what they what fiverr has done is it's forced freelancers to organize themselves in such a way to be able to showcase their capabilities with a view to um, procuring you know longer term more more lucrative relationships mm. I've, I've only ever had one issue and i've probably i've probably done 20 to 25 transactions with fiverr and the only issue I had was I was double billed and they uh, sorted that out immediately. Yeah. Well, well how can you, how can you complain about that? No, right? None whatsoever. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so yeah, that's it. Well, um, I think I've said everything I need to say now on WordPress and uh, next week, what I thought we'll do, what I think we will do is um, uh, we'll cover the whole area of uh, the taxonomy and what that really means. Cause I talked about it just then in the context of WordPress, but I'll drill down on the next level of detail and take everyone through how you can organize your content uh, in such a way that Google will immediately understand everything that's going on and will be able to crunch it and, uh, and identify not only you as being the expert in this niche, but, but, but the answer to the question that the query is being uh, posed. Mm. Uh, you're, the, uh, you're, the, you're the number one in the pile. Fantastic, Mr. Barnes. Thank you very much. We'll catch up again uh, next Friday. And until then, you have an absolutely awesome week. Digital Bacon FM. Join us next time for an in-depth discussion on how to set up the taxonomy of your niche using WordPress as your platform. Mm -hmm.